0: You're listening to the Patriot Nation podcast presented by Pat's Pulpit.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. It's your boy Pat Lane, as always, uh, with his guy Matt Saint Jean. Matt, welcome back, man! It's uh, oh man, it's March. It's March, which means we're a, a month away on the calendar. We're a month away from the draft, and I'm pretty damn excited about it.
0: That's crazy. It's March is March is such a great time of year for sports too. Because obviously oh, yeah. we get March Madness coming up, so yep. I'm a college basketball guy too. We get conference tournaments and March Madness, and free agency starts at the same time, and then you get the final, the final build up to the draft. There's all the guys who've been doing the work all year long, and now we finally get to play a little bit of catch up and learn what they know and figure out who the who the path might actually be adding to this team. How many of the 53 from this past season are going to be on the 53 next year?
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So Charlie is saying that we are a little too focused on the Bruins right now, and that's okay. That's all right. The Bruins yes. just set the record for the uh, f- fastest team ever to 100 points. Uh, pretty incredible. What they're doing is is pretty incredible. So,
0: yeah, the win tonight, uh, huge too. Yeah. And did you see the deadline acquisitions they made? We'll just talk about it for one quick. Second. Uh, man,
1: Orloff Orlov just gives them so much. He scored, he scored again, again tonight, tonight, did he not?
0: Yeah. They, I mean, they gave up the they're going full rams here. They give up the next two first round picks to get guys to make this team good. And well, but and
1: and you know what though, it's very work. different. It's very, very different in in the NHL than it is in the NFL. like it yes. the first round picks in the <laughs> NFL are going to contribute right away. in the NHL, Don Sweeney has sucked at drafting. He sucked yeah. at drafting. And those guys are all years away from making contributions. So if you have a chance to win now, win now, right? And, and you know, and you and yeah. you acquire the kid today, um the hell's his name, Bertuzzi, right? You acquire Bertuzzi yeah, you're today. Sure. And and you do that because when you get a guy like him, you don't have to worry so much about, you know, Taylor Hall maybe not coming back. Of course you want Taylor Hall back. But if Taylor Hall can't come back and uh someone else is hurt right now too. Um, um
0: Felino and then Marshawn got hurt tonight.
1: Felino. Well, so hopefully we'll see. We'll, we'll see what what yeah. Marshawn's injury looks like. But but Foligno's hurt and Hall's hurt. At least now you have a, some more depth at the forward position as well. Which Orlov gives you the same thing. Like Grizzly's probably going to be the guy that sits. Um, once well, once now yeah. now they
0: have options. Now if you're That's, in a series, right. if somebody isn't working, you have you have. You you play six defensemen, but you have seven you feel comfortable playing. Exactly. And you played twelve forwards, but you have thirteen right. you feel comfortable playing. Right. This might be two in the weeds for the patriots. I, I don't know how, how much crossover we get for Pat's and Bruins here. Yeah. The 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 comparison. This is this is why I said the Rams. Like they added they added a guy who can help them on offense, and like how they did Odell Beckham, um, who's kind of a rotational receiver but who can make a huge impact. And then they added Von Miller, who could be a rotational pass rusher and help their pass rush. And right. That that is basically exactly what the Bruins okay. just did, except this would be the football equivalent to them being twelve and zero with the trade deadline, and then adding those
1: guys. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. So, so anyways, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But let's get into the Patriots because it does say how to fix the twenty twenty three Patriots. And uh, somebody mentioned on here, and who was it? We got we got to, we a little good conversation going on here. Charlie Jake mentioned LaPonts why a whole thing. Oh yeah, why are we mentioning uh, something that we don't know is broken? Right. It's a good point by Charlie. Right, but. I mean, I just, I look at it and think that we, we kind of know what's broken. Like we, we know that we need some changes and, and I maybe fix is a strong word, but I mean, I got to write that. I mean, listen, like it's about the clicks, right? You got to get the clicks out there, right? Headline, the headline attracts the people. So that's what you gotta, you gotta do. You know what I mean? And so, um,
0: and even if it's not fixed, this team has to improve from what they were last year. You can't run the same thing back out there. Everybody else is improving. So the Pats have to improve too.
1: Yep. And so Jake, uh, Jake did mention. Was shout out Jake, who's who's a uh, former student, but uh, he said, you know, we need T Higgins and, and to fix the O line, and, and maybe not T Higgins. I don't know if T Higgins is the guy, um, but I just feel like I feel like you know we have to do something, right? And the offensive line is really kind of where I'd start. And so I think let's just dive right into it. Uh, and my first order of business. And I wonder, I wonder if you feel the same way. But my my uh, my first order of business is to cut Trent Brown. See you later, buddy. Have a nice life. Thanks for coming out. Go be someone else's problem next year. You save ten million dollars off the cap. You gotta you get rid of a guy who you know who is not reliable. Now here's the problem, okay? And people are gonna say, well, he's only ten million bucks. He's only you know $10.5, $11 dollars. I made the same argument two off seasons ago when the Patriots picked up the fifth year option as a win. Well, I mean like it's, it's only 10 million bucks and for a starting left tackle, 10 million bucks, isn't that much. And you invested in, in, in him. And it was a waste. It was a waste. And you wasted $10 million when you didn't have to. Right. And you got a guy that was unreliable that didn't play. And so now am I going to waste another $10 million when, by the way, the Patriots have a ton of cap space. You can go out there and sign people. There's a there's a deep class uh, at offensive tackle in the in as rookies this year. Cut him and bring someone else in because you know Trent Brown isn't getting the job done at left tackle. So that's that's where I'm starting. I, I'm interested to see uh, see what you think, but that's that's where I'm starting. Well,
0: well, I want to push back on this right away, and this is one of the reasons before we before we went live, I had Pat stopped for a second because I wanted to pull up in article because Chad Graff had what he's hearing at the combine right now about the Pats, put that up today for the athletic. And I'm going to, I'm going to read this for you. And I'm bummed that oh, I'm not going to be able to see your face while I read it. <laughs> but um, this is what he is saying. He's hearing about the offensive line right now. Okay. Quote, while finding a new right tackle remains a top priority for the Patriots this offseason. there's a belief from some in the organization that the line shouldn't be a huge concern that improved play there is expected. The Patriots are confident in left tackle Trent Brown and center David Andrews, and have watched Michael Awenu become one of the best right guards in the NFL. They're confident that Cole Strange will improve in year two, especially now that he'll have a position coach whose sole responsibility is working with the unit. Yep. Uh, the team knows there were issues at right tackle for most of the season. If they can get average play from the next right tackle, while we'll having Strange play more consistently, they'll have a good front five. And I, I kind of tend to agree with that. I think the offensive I think a lot of the offensive line issues last year were with injuries and the fact that nobody knew what they were doing. And if the coaching improves, it's not gonna be a great offensive line, it's not gonna be elite, there's gonna be issues, but it can be good enough to get the job done while you figure things out. Um
1: Right. Dark My gold. first He's right, appreciate <laughs> it. Didn't flinch. Unfazed. This point, right. at this point, I expect the Patriots to do the, exactly the opposite of what I want them to do. So I am, I am completely unfazed by that news. See,
0: I, I like that you have cut in Trent Brown. I think the issue is that then you have holes at both tackle spots, and filling that in one off season is hard. And the guys available in free agency are about as good as Trent Brown is, and you're probably going to have to pay fifteen to twenty million dollars for them. Yeah. So my first order of business is in free agency. Find another tackle.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: doesn't have to be a starting caliber tackle. I think it has to be a guy who you think you can plug in and play if you need to. The type of guy who you can start if you need him to, but if he gets beat out in camp, that's a good thing. You're okay with him being a backup and a swing tackle. They already have Connor McDermott. A name that I thought was interesting was Cameron Fleming, who was kind of bounced around the league, oh, and he God. used to be in New England. He played for the Broncos. He's a little yeah. bit older. He's not that good, but he played a lot this year, and he was serviceable. And he has knowledge of a couple different positions. And he's not that expensive. so I think you can get a ton of value out of that. And then you combine that with drafting somebody in the first or the second round. Right. And what you, what you hope happens is you draft the guy in the first and the second round and he's good enough to start right away. But the guy you sign in free agency is insurance. So that if that guy stinks, or if you don't want anybody at 14 and when you get to your second pick, all the good players are gone you're not completely out of luck and you just rely on improved coaching to make the unit a little bit better.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't hate that idea. Uh Andre Dillard that Skywalker here has mentioned Andre Dillard. It's a good point too. He's a left tackle as well. Those guys are going to be expensive, but I don't hate your thinking. I do think that you need to go out and get a starting caliber a solid right tackle. And here's the reason why because to me, and the Patriots can say whatever they want. People in the organization can say whatever they want about Trent Brown. That's fine. Maybe they have confidence in Trent Brown moving moving forward. That's okay. You can have confidence in him moving forward. But this year, not next year, and left tackle is one of the most important positions in the NFL. And so to me, I am going to look at, I'm going to look at this, at this offseason as, you need to draft a young guy who can play left tackle. Now, yes. is that in the, at the end of the second, early third, were you drafting Cody March from North Dakota state? Maybe it's, so are you taking a guy who may not be ready to start day one, but after a year of grooming will be that guy next year? I don't know. Right. And that's I think, okay. I
0: think, I think you can do both in this year's draft too. I think that's, I'm not sure. The other issue is, I'm not sure how many guys in this draft I trust to start day one, which yeah. is why I have concerns about getting rid of Trent Brown because he's bad, but you know what kind of bad he is, and you can well, handle which is that. True.
1: Well, and the other um, thing is that you're not you're not under the gun with Trent Brown. I don't think his like I don't think it locks in for him at a certain point. I mean, obviously day one it does, right? But like, yeah. I think you could cut him during training camp and still save a, a good chunk of that money, right?
0: Exactly. So it yeah. doesn't
1: really matter it's, if you draft a guy one year like,
0: deal. He's going after this right. year anyway. You're not locking yourself into anything long term by keeping exactly. Yeah, and and I yeah. think
1: so. And we'll talk about the mock draft in a in a, in, a, in a little while. But like my mock two I had them trading back in the first and taking Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, who I think is a guy that can be a starting caliber left tackle and could possibly do it day one. But if you take the guy like that, and by the way, I, I also had them taking Cody March at, at 85. But like if, you, if you take a guy like that, maybe he's not ready to start day one. Maybe he is. Maybe you take him with the thought that, I think this guy's going to be a really good left tackle, but he's not ready to go just yet. So we have Trent Brown ahead of him. Then you get to camp, and you're like, "Whoa, this kid is ready to go," and he's already surpassed Trent Brown. Well, thanks for coming out, Trent. See you later. And you know, we'll trade you point, or cut you. You know,
0: yeah, that, yeah. This thing at that point, you're not cutting them; you're trading them right. because right. on that contract, when there's injuries in the NFL, yeah, someone
1: will definitely take that.
0: It yeah, it might not be much, but you'll get, you'll get, you won't get nothing the, for him. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um,
0: and I, like your, I like your double dipping at tackle, which is one of the things I was going to mention here. I think you shore up free agency enough, it, uh, shore, shore up tackle in free agency enough so that if you can't draft anybody, you're okay with it, and it's serviceable going into the season. You're going to be right. somewhere in the middle of the pack in the NFL. But there's opportunities here, I think, to, get, to possibly add a guy who could start year one, definitely add a guy who could start year two, and to grab somebody on a second day or right. early on day three, who's yeah. developmental. Uh, right. You mentioned Cody Mach, Blake Freeland at a BYU too, has very similar measurables, as far as I'm aware, to what Connor McDermott was in the past, originally drafted him. he's true. He's got yeah. some issues, but he's huge. And in theory, can play left tackle with some work. So right. if you have a guy, you, you draft him, you let him sit behind Trent Brown for a year. And then that money comes off the books next year. And yeah. you have your left tackle. And suddenly... Hey, if the if the usual value for a left tackle is twenty to twenty five million dollars and you got one on a rookie contract, well you you're that's basically plus twenty to twenty five million dollars in cap space and you get to spend somewhere else.
1: Right. It's good. I like that. All right, here's my my second to-do list. Second thing to check off the old to-do list, and that's trade for Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's available.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's I don't care what anybody says, he's a phenomenal player. He's a nice. fantastic player. He's making $20 million this year, but that doesn't matter because you have $60 million in cap space. It doesn't make a difference how much he's getting paid. You can also restructure his contract after you trade for him. Like you can do a million different things with him, but you're getting a guy Belichick's defense. We all know this works Mm -hmm. best when he has a shutdown lockdown corner. That's when his team plays the best. That's just, that's a fact. A hundred percent like the only year they ever did it without a true lockdown corner was 2016, you know, and Malcolm Butler was good. And like, you know, Eric Rowe was fine. And like, you know, but Logan the, Ryan
0: was decent and, for a and while.
1: Logan Ryan was good. So they had good players, but they didn't have like a, lo- a true lockdown corner. The first three you had Ty law 2014. Yeah. You had Revis 2018. You had Gilmore. So like you had a true number one lockdown corner where it was like, I got number two. Let's bracket number one, and we're good to go. And so that's what Ramsey gives you. That's what Ramsey gives you. And so, and I love the idea of that because you're not going to have to give up much because they have to cut him. So they they have to trade him. They have no leverage. The only leverage that they have is that I'm sure there are teams that are going to want him, but you can give up a fourth-round pick maybe to get him. Maybe it's a third-round pick, but even still a third-round pick for Jalen Ramsey is highway robbery, you know? Yeah. So
0: I'm gonna, I my, I'm in the same vein. I'm just going about it. I think a little bit differently. Um, and yeah. first, before I do that, I just I see Thaddeus Skywalker here, and I want to I also want to address yeah, like this. That. He he mentions Chargers cutting J.C. Jackson as a possibility Could the Panthers resign him. From what I can tell, looking at J.C. Jackson's contract, I don't think he is cuttable this year. Yeah, I don't think the Chargers can move on from him right now without losing a lot of money in the process. Right. So I like this idea a lot in theory. If it could happen, I'm all in. The Chargers are dumb enough to, to do it. I'm all oh, in. Yeah. I'm not convinced they're actually that dumb. So we'll see what happens. The guy I have my eye on, and that's, first of all, I'd love in, for Jonathan Jones to come back. I don't think Jonathan Jones is going to come back for the right amount of money. And I think right. I look at that last Bills game and that touchdown they threw to Stephon Diggs, And you need somebody who can take that away. You yeah. just, you need it. Right. And the guy I look at is Jamel Dean from the Buccaneers. They okay. don't have the money to re-sign him. He's going to hit free agency. He's been very highly regarded for his coverage skills for a while. He's a very good run defender and tackler, which I think you're going to need if Jack Jones is the corner on the other side of the field. You're going to need somebody who can Quite tackle. True. Quite true. Size-wise, he's a little bit similar to Jonathan Jones. I He can play in the slot. He can play all over. He can match up with the Stephon Diggs if you need him to. And it's, you know what? I mean, Bill's not afraid to go out and get a corner he really likes and spend a lot of money there if there's a guy he likes on the market. We've seen him do it before. Right. I don't know if Jamel Dean is that guy. It might be somebody else, but I, I would rather do that instead of paying Jonathan Jones. And then I think the other thing you do with this is you're going to go to the store and grab some flowers. or Maybe you're going to grab a card or some donuts or something. Uh, and you're going to go to Devin McCourty's house and you're going to say, please come back.
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, that one's, that one's for sure true, right? Like Devin... Go out there. And listen, at 14, yeah. you have a, a good enough draft pick at 14 that you are going to get one of the better cornerbacks in the draft this year if you want mm-hmm. it. Now the problem. So this is the thing, right? We're watching the D linemen today, the D linemen and linebackers today. And some of those guys made themselves a ton of money today. Uh a ton of money. Yep. You know, when you're when you're that big and you run a sub four four forty, uh and and have a no, have a better. have a 40 plus inch vert. You're a freak athlete. You're a freak athlete. That's a top 15 pick. That's a guy the Patriots probably don't not that they don't have any interest in that guy, but like that's not necessarily a Patriots type player. Not a guy that they're and it's certainly when's not When's the
0: last time when's the last time they had a chance to draft a guy like well, Which that? is this very true. the first time that Belichick. It's very true. The last, have a but I
1: also don't like they don't not that they don't need it, but like it's not a position to need right now. You know what I mean?
0: Well, that's this is where I think one of the reasons why I want to attack offensive tackle the way I said I wanted to is because when you look at how good this edge class is, yeah, I don't think you, if Nolan Smith is there at fourteen,
1: you kind of have I, to do
0: uh, it. Yeah, you want your team to be in such a spot that you're like, well, you know what? Well, and it's it, think think about it as a net zero, or uh, like a net, I don't know, whatever. No, the offensive you. was in the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. yeah, And maybe you can't protect the passer as well as you hoped you were going to be able to, but you right. do enough. So it's a C plus in your pass in the class. And you draft the guy who's going to make your defense an A plus. You yeah. keep McCourty, you trade out for a better corner and you draft the guy like Nolan Smith. And this defense should be one of the best in all of football, not right. next year, but also going into the future.
1: Well, and it's a good point. It's a good point. I just, the hard thing for me is that the top three corners this year, with Witherspoon, Porter Jr., and my favorite is Christian Gonzalez. But it doesn't matter who your favorite is; those three guys are all like studs, absolute yeah. studs. They're big, they're fast, they're physical. They're they have good ball skills. Like they're they are number one corners in waiting. Like to me, they like there are three number one corners. Now, they are they Sauce Gardner? No, but like, but they're very good, and there's a very good chance because of all the quarterbacks in this year's draft and because there's a few talented offensive tackles and because there's a few talented edge guys and because there's a a really talented defensive tackle that at least one of those guys, if not more are going to be available at 14 and you know, you can take one of those guys. And now if you didn't trade for Jalen Ramsey, if you didn't sign Jamel Dean, now you've taken care of your cornerback position and it's like, okay, here we go. You know,
0: and it's with how deep this draft is on defense, too, and right. some really important spots on defense. I think there's a, a not, there's a non zero chance here that the Pats could trade back and still get one of these guys they if want. they want them, depending on how this breaks out. Um, and that's why, I don't know, I don't, this is just, it's not a great year for offensive tackle in the draft if you need a guy right away. Free agency is not great for offensive tackle. And I don't want to, we don't, we went into 2021 being like, hey, our receivers were awful last year. Our tight ends were awful last year. And we threw an uh, egregious amount of money at the problem and overpaid guys. And I, I think approaching tackle that way this year is the wrong way to do it. I think being a little bit more conservative with your money there because yeah. the talent isn't there is the best way to handle it. And we want to get the ball out of Max's hands and into the field of play. And... If the way the best way to allocate resources there is instead to get a good receiver because the tackles aren't that good and to find guys you can get the ball out too quickly and they get a blocking tight end who can help with the tackle when you're in the running game, might be a better use of your money. That's why George do, do you want me to go to step three of my plan here? Do it. Um and this is in some ways also the last step of my plan, time wise. We're cutting Johnny Smith. Uh, which you can't do until after 6-1. But if you do it after 6-1, you save money. And you can cut him earlier. You just don't get the cap savings until right. after.
1: And
0: right. we're just going to find a decent blocking tight end. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Yep. Find this year's Dwayne
1: Allen, whoever about it is. Luke, how about Luke Schoenmaker?
0: Sure. I don't care if you do it you know? in the draft. I don't care if you do it in free agency. You can do both, too, in this situation. Get a legit blocking tight end. Because yep. if you do that, it's going to make everything you do on offense so much easier. This team couldn't run the ball this year for a variety of reasons. Tight end was part of that. You get a guy who can block. It's going to help your running game. It's going to help your play action game. And we know Bill O'Brien loves his tight ends. I don't think they're bringing in a fullback with him. So if you want to help the running game, you want to help Ramondre out, you want to take a load off Mac, you just get a dude out there who can kick ass and block.
1: I like it. I I do like that idea. Um, I think it makes sense to cut John Uh certainly odds I've seen people talking about cutting Hunter Henry. I think that's dumb. Um,
0: but you save money. I don't know if you're gonna be able to use that money for anything good, is the issue. Right.
1: <laughs> and so and but I also wonder, and Dad kind of says too, like he's not worried, he's not, you know, not sure if Belichick's ready to give up on Johnny yet. I think there's a possibility that he can provide you something in this offense with Bill O'Brien. I think okay. you can scheme th- stuff up for him. Now, he's not a prototypical tight end. You're gonna have to scheme him. Touches, but I think I think he's still good enough with the ball in his hands that it might be worth it to take a shot and see what happens. You're not saving yeah. enough money. It's like
0: four million dollars, you save. Right. So if you think Jonu Smith is worth four million dollars, you keep him, and then you also look for a blocking tight end, and you right. also look for a guy in the draft, and you see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Um, Shoemaker, I think
1: I think the Patriots are high on Shoemaker. I think they I think they like him. I think he's the type of guy they're looking for, Uh and I think. A fourth, fifth round pick is going to get that guy, and maybe even later. So, you know, to me, that, that's Washington where I'm going. Yep,
0: yep. I Washington from true. Georgia. Who, um, forget who was talking about it? But I've heard a couple different times now talk of Darnell Washington potentially translating to a tackle at the NFL level, too, with his athleticism and and converting yeah. that. At least some teams have view him that way. Which here's the thing: if you think Darnell Washington can be an actual NFL tackle. Uh, and a really good one you take him in the second round you could essentially be getting a first round player in the second round just with more risk so that or if you wild. think or if you think he can be uh, Johnny I think he might already be better than Johnny Smith. I think there's an argument yeah. for that. So yeah I'll see. But Johnny Smith didn't know what he was doing this past season and I would assume coaching is a part of that. So hey better right. coaching.
1: So don't you never you're know getting That's- your
0: money's worth out of him but you might get enough to make it worth to keep him.
1: That that's kind of that's kind of what I'm looking at. So my uh, my third thing on there. Well, my third thing was sign Jawan Taylor, but that's that's neither here nor there. I think the, I think the tackle class. You're not wrong about the tackle class not being elite, but I think between Jawan Taylor and Mike McGlinchey, someone mentioned Andre Dillard. Like, there's enough guys that are good enough. There may not be elite players, but like Jawan Taylor has been a consistently good player for the Jaguars. He's not like a you know he's not an all pro. He's not a, a an amazing player, he but he's just consistent and fire. reliable. And that's the thing. Like, you know, and, and so I'll pay for the consistency and reliability. Now, am I going to give up yeah. a ridiculous amount of money for it? No. And is it possible that Taylor gets a ton of money? Maybe. And if that's the case, yeah. then I'm not making him the highest paid offensive lineman ever. Like, that's not that's stupid, right? But because he's playing right tackle, because it's not, you know, if, if you can get away with paying him a little bit less. I'm 100 on board with that, but but what what I do think they need to do is trade for a wide receiver, and that can come in many different forms. Uh, I know T. Higgins is is an idea that's been kicked around. I, he was in my first mock draft as, as trading for T. Higgins. I don't know if that's likely. Sounds like Cincinnati wants to hold on to them. Now I will say he's available. Like anyone's available for the right price, right? Do You know? Do Are you see pay?
0: the uh, some of the stuff on Twitter from the Ravens players today, by any chance?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I, of course, I, Bateman, anyone? I, of course said Batman instead of Bateman. Um, so I got, I got some flack for that one. I, I even said to myself, Dark Pagol commented and I'm like, I said to myself, don't write Batman. And I wrote Batman <laughs> and then sent it out. So, um, but I would, I'd love to have him on the squad. I was super high on him Minnesota. coming out of Minnesota. Like I loved him coming out of Minnesota. Um, so I was pumped about him. He obviously went to, um, went to Baltimore, but yeah, if you can get him for something, I'd be I'd be one hundred percent on board with that. I don't know, I don't know now if Denver's still shopping him, but if they are, Jerry Judy's a guy I'd love to bring back. Uh, I'd love to bring in here, and I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Brandon Cooks back. I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, and he's a good receiver.
0: Yeah, and they had mentioned on like Chad Graff in the in the Athletic had mentioned a third round pick for Brandon Cooks. I don't think it would Can't take imagine. that much to get a Can't he imagine. has an expect the issue is he has an expensive contract. You'd be paying Brandon Cooks, I think about what, what Jacoby Myers is asking for. And and you're giving up draft capital. So I don't right. know if that's but he's a good player. Like he helps you. Um
1: The guy puts up God, a thousand years The guys puts up a thousand years, a thousand yards every freaking year. It's unbelievable. With dude. bad quarterbacks. Every year. It's like, how yeah. does he do it every single year? It's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: um Also, because uh, I, I want to talk about the receiver thing, because I had this too. And this is another note from Chad Graff today that I thought was very interesting. Yeah. We've seen them seemingly be interested in Zay Flowers. Yep. Um, and one of the things I noticed was, hey, they the rumor was they wanted to coach the Senior Bowl because, or the Shrine Ball because they wanted to coach Zay Flowers. And there was an article that came out that said, hey, Zay Flowers might not make it out of the top 15. And you connect some dots, and it's very easy to assume, hey, well, I know a team in the top 15 that might like him and may <laughs> want to take him right there. It's awesome. But Chad Graff, Chad Graff was saying that from what he's hearing, they aren't interested in taking a receiver with that first pick in the draft which is intriguing to me because I think there are guys there who can help them. I think say Flowers, wherever he goes, helps them. I think Jordan Addison would help them. I think uh, yeah. JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio state would help them. Another name I'm going to throw out here. And this is one I think you're going to love. I don't, I, I think you know who this guy is. If you don't, you're going to. Tank okay. Del.
1: Oh yeah. He's, well, he is,
0: you Marcus know, Jones just, as a receiver instead of a corner.
1: Matt, I like to think that we're friends, but you never read my mock drafts. Uh, and, and in my, in my round two round two of my right. m- mock draft 2.0 Nathaniel slash Tanktel uh, was off the board at pick number 40 for the Patriots. You're oh, there's, totally there's right notion. about the Marcus Jones things. You're totally right. Like the Marcus Jones thing is, is, is a perfect comparison because he is small he has yeah. lo- he has short arms. He doesn't have a big catch radius. There's a little bit of a drop concern, but he's so freaking quick and fat. Like he's just he has so much juice, you know, like yeah. that he could really yeah. help your. I mean, let's talk about Marcus Jones making the shift to offense. People are like, why doesn't he just play offense? So it's like, well, why don't you just draft Tank Dell and then he'll be your Marcus Jones on offense. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I mean, this is it gives me Kadarius Tony vibes for what he was doing in the Super Bowl too. And it's, yeah, if you look at Bill O'Brien's history, he has made a living off of having guys in the right. slot who are mismatches, which he did yep. it with a tight end who won't be named when he was in New England. And he did it with Edelman and he's done it every spot in his career. And if you watch his coaching clinic, he talks about it all the time, how much that matters. This team doesn't have that guy right now. So right. I'm saying you have your, the money you would pay to Jacoby Myers, and I don't think, I think he's not coming back. I've right. seen Mike Reese brought up, I think up to 20 or $21 million is a possible annual value for Jacopi Myers on the free market. And I don't think I'm going over $11 million for him. Right. So we'll see you. Go take your paycheck and enjoy the money. And I think you need somebody who is quick in the middle of the field. I think you also send a box of chocolates to Kendrick Bourne and say, sorry, we're hurting your feelings last yeah. year. Let's get you back involved in this. Yeah. So he's a guy who can help over the middle. And I don't know exactly how good a receiving core of Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Warden, and Tank Dell would be, but I can tell you is you got guys who can win matchups in different ways. You get guys who fit defined roles, and you have a couple guys there who can be explosive after the catch, plus a speedster, plus a contested catch guy. It's not going to it's not going to tear the roof off the of defense, but I think that's very attainable, and I think you can get. I think that's an upgrade probably you can do it with uh, maybe a third round deck
1: when I agree with you. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm at. I feel the same way um, about Dell. And I did, I did draft him a little bit early, but, um, but, you know, I just, based on the, you know, the PFF rankings and stuff, based on that, I was like, I'll take him a little early. just so I know I get him. you know, Um, maybe had him if I may have had him at 46 and had, um, my guy at number 40, but nevertheless doesn't matter. Cause I had two first round picks um, or two second round picks. I'm sorry. But I do think, I also think the Deandre Hopkins thing is interesting. It is. The reason why I'm not super high on Deandre Hopkins is because you have Deandre Hopkins zero. You know what I mean? Like Coke zero. If, if Deandre Hopkins is Coke, Devontae Parker is Coke zero. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's there. He does the same stuff. It's not as good, but he does the same exact stuff. And With so am nice I giving a, he
0: hates it as well. right,
1: right. The difference is that Higgins, I think, is 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 dominant and he has more speed than than um.
0: You're getting him in his prime. Hopkins. You're getting that's, Hopkins right. after his prime.
1: Right. And that's the issue is he's slow at this point. He's still a great receiver, don't get me wrong. But like you have Devontae Parker already. Like now you're getting a, a slightly better Devontae Parker for like a second round pick, a third round. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not. Let's it.
0: look at the quarterback we have here too. Like right. that's max history here has been thrown as speed guys and shifty guys and guys who can make it mm. work after the catch. And I think Devontae Parker is awesome. I've seen people talk about getting rid of him, and I'm not getting rid of him unless you're getting somebody better at the same spot, because you go back, go back and watch his highlights this year, go back and watch what he did. Now put him in an offense that knows how to use him. that there's more space in with a a quarterback playing with more confidence and he's a good player. He's not, he's not elite. He's not even great, but he's very good and he's worth the money he's paid. Yeah. And I don't think you're, I, agree. I, I look at him and I look at Jalen Mills as two guys who I think aren't anything spectacular, but are probably going to be worth the money that they're paid and you're not getting somebody better for that price. So just hold on to them. They know what's going on. They're familiar with the team. Right. Well, don't and- overcomplicate it unless something better comes along.
1: Correct. And the Mills thing is fascinating because it's like, did you did you see what happened this year? Did you see what happened at corner this year when you were trotting out guys that you signed off the street in week 15? Like, you you just don't. Attrition happens. Those things happen. Don't, and so you unless you get a value, guy yeah. Right. Unless you get a guy to replace Jalen Mills, it, it's like, just keep an extra guy. Why not? Like, what difference does it make? You know? And so that's the stuff for me that, uh, you know, I think I think people are are quick to move on, um, and and they shouldn't be. Um, yeah. so by yeah, the way, he
0: has, I you can play safety too, which I think they're going to need a little bit of.
1: Right, I agree. I agree. We talked about it. We I talked about it to you before. I before I put it out, and I, I think you saw the tweet, uh, the the thread. But Emmanuel Forbes is my guy. Did have the Patriots taking him, um, in in this mock draft two and all of a sudden, he his name is everywhere. All of a sudden, um. I'm not saying anything to do with it, but I am saying his name wasn't everywhere, and now it is. Uh, so it's just a coincidence, you know, it's just a coincidence. Uh, but, but uh, you know, t- to me, I think he's a good player. Now the problem is, is that he—I'm I- curious to see what he weighed in at the combine. But I don't—he hasn't officially weighed in yet because they haven't done corners yet, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what he weighs in at, uh, and we'll see how much of that is water weight, right? He said he played at like yeah. 173 might, or whatever, but he can get he, to he might like weigh in and not run
0: at the combine and then right. run and not weigh in at this program.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Right. Cause he said he plays at 170 and uh, 173 or something like that. And I heard he really plays at like 160. <laughs> so like, it's yeah. a little bit different, you know, but either way. Six pick sixes in the in the SEC, whatever. I did the whole thing last A time. Great but ball skills, great instincts. Yeah, yeah, so very similar to Jack Jones. And that's the issue that you have is if you draft him, now you have Jack Jones and him, two smaller guys. But if you don't get one of those three, you know, big, tough, physical corners in the first round, you know, and maybe you want to look at Kelly, um, Kelly Blue, right? Kelly Caillou Blue. Caillou Blue, um, yeah. And, and you know, and he's a he's a little bit more of a of a player that can that yeah. can be physical and whatnot. But
0: there's a lot of depth at corner in yeah. this draft, I think too. And they've worked with a lot of guys, which I think is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think overall, I'm I'm thinking about this more. And I think my whole if I had to put a thesis on what my off season plan is here and how to fix the 2023 Patriots, it's to not overextend anything and to get more depth than you did last year and to basically try to fill every hole and then go into the draft in a spot where you can just take the best player available at 14 and just add an impact guy at whatever position offense defense wherever and use days two and three to fill out some of the rest of the stuff that's where you get a wide receiver maybe or a tight end or a corner or some depth at tackle or if you want to add another running back go for it. If you want to take a shot on another quarterback, go for it. Uh, If you want to add a safety to the future, that's where you're looking. Um, And try to, if you can get a couple more picks on day two and find a way to do that, just, it's, you need, the team needs impact players. And I think you got to get one at 14, not over it. I just, I, I look at what Bill said about, the lack of cash that they've spent recently. And I do think they're going to throw a lot of cash into this offseason. You got to do it with more moderation than 2021. Leave yourself a little bit more flexibility going into the future than you did with your spending spree that off season, just so you can adjust. I don't want to be one of these bad teams that's spending money to spend it.
1: Right. Don't, I agree.
0: Don't like, yeah, our, our tackles might not be good. Don't throw a $25 million. a a tackle that's going to give you 15 holding penalties in a season because he didn't like the guys you had there last year. I'd rather have, I'd rather have a C minus player at tackle than do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree with you hundred percent. And so we'll see. I do think on my list as well as to draft uh, an interior offensive lineman um, to be a backup type of player. The guy I like who, again, I'll keep going back to the mock draft was in my mock draft this time. And I go back and forth about different players, and there are a lot of good players out there. Alex Forsyth, Forsyth from Oregon, mm-hmm. he gave up—he's given up three sacks in the last three years combined, with five, by? five QB hits. I don't know who's the coach. Oh, wait, 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 Adrian Clem, <laughs> love it. Love it. I'm like, wait a second. Who is that? And I'm like, Oh, right. I know who it is. Uh, So, you know, and he's a guy who has a little bit of position flexibility has played center mostly, but has also played a little bit of right guard, has played a little bit of left guard. So he's done a little bit of all three. And so he's a guy that could come in and do a little bit of both. So um, he's a a later round pick. Like, you know, those are guys that you just kind of take a shot at and see what happens. And so, um, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be him, but it could be anyone. Right. And so, but take a shot at, at another interior offensive lineman. I'm happy with Cole strange. I'm happy with, with, um, with Unwenu. I'm happy with David Andrews, but Andrews obviously is getting close to the end of his career as well. So taking a center that has some position flexibility is a smart thing because he can be a backup right now. And maybe in a year or two, when David Andrews leaves, he can take over for David Andrews. So, I think, I think it's a little yeah. bit of both, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, the guy I like is I think Ola Moody, Ola Moody from uh, Michigan.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Another and and I think, I think give game, me all the grabbing a, grabbing a center the end of uh, the end of day two or day three. Go blue, by the way. I, I'm holding I'm holding my Michigan cup for you, Pat.
1: There you go. Appreciate uh, that.
0: Yeah, uh, Michigan offensive linemen are just generally very well coached players and very good players, and you can add guys for depth and. I think, I think last year we had that stretch where David Andrews gets hurt and it's James Ferentz giving you real snaps against the Jets defensive line and the Colts defensive line and it ruins three Sundays in a row or three out of four Sundays or whatever that was. Yes, I could. Oh, don't, okay. don't be in that spot. This is why, why I said like fill out your depth and this. You do it like sign somebody better than James Ferentz in free agency and then draft a center or guard or whatever so that, you got a couple layers of depth there, and it gives you more shots. Like, uh, the guys get hurt, obviously, so you want the depth. What happens if Cole Strange is awful? Well, you got somebody. What happens? I mean, David Andrews might only have a year or two left here. You want the next guy. You can never have too much depth in the NFL, especially in the interior, especially when this team is going to want to run the ball. You need guys who can right push people out of the way, Right, and Bill O'Brien likes to spread offense,
1: depth, which means depth. you
0: have – you're gonna have five offensive linemen trying to block against blitzes and all kinds of stuff. You need a lot of good players to make that happen. And you yep. need smart players. Yep. And yeah. Uh, so Agreed. I think just I I love I love the Forsyth idea. Um, I just saw Jason Hines mentioned in the chat by ZTAC. Yep. Um Hines could be that too. I don't think we know what we have in him yet. Yep. And that's where it's hey, it's they have more info than us there. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, look at look at the guys who didn't make this team in the offensive line last August, I think only one or two of them landed anywhere else. Yeah. Most of those guys landed on the street, a couple on practice squads. They, they were awful. <laughs> you yeah. Can't have right. That.
1: You gotta, gotta make it better. Gotta make it better this year. And so, so we'll see kind of at all the positions. Uh, there is one other thing on my list. Okay. I don't know how people are going to feel about it. I don't know if people are going to like the player or not. I don't know if you're going to like the player or not. Uh, but I have on my list to sign Tremaine Edmonds uh, in free agency. And I just – I think he brings a lot of what the Patriots have been looking for. They've brought in a ton of safeties, but they also have been trying to find that second linebacker who plays with speed and aggressiveness that can play the pass if they have to but can also play against the run – and they haven't found it. Mac Wilson couldn't do it. Chase Winovich certainly couldn't do it. Uh, you know, was Raquan fine McMillan. Baby. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, uh, who's the kid that everyone, McCam McGrone, couldn't do it. So, like, none of these guys could do it. And so, if you bring in a guy like Edmonds, the Bills, it's funny because Bills fans, like, if you ask one Bills fan, they'd be like, oh, I love Edmonds. And you ask another Bills fan, they're like, Jesus Christ, I can't wait for this guy to leave. So, he he is a guy that's going to take some chances. He's a guy that's not going to be like the most consistent player of all time. But he brings you that speed and playmaking ability that nobody else on the Patriots has right now. And so I think that that's really important.
0: I think that's a really interesting one. I'm not sure if they're going to throw that money at him, but I do think he makes your defense better. And I'll also say in a world where Devin McCourty retires – he just gives you a zone defender who knows what he's doing in the middle of the field. And he's not like he's not a free safety. He doesn't replace that. But he does help you in other ways in the passing game to help mitigate what you're losing at free safety. Which right. um, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I had uh, another name I'll throw out. And then I have a final step. Um, oh, I, and right. I have a question. I, and I have a, a question for you. So I'll okay. ask those before I go to my final step. I mentioned Jamel Dean before. Yes, and The other guy I think you're looking at is Trey Dean. I believe mm-hmm. his name is from mm-hmm. Florida, the safety who I know they've nope. been interested in. Last year might have been the year of the Jones. Maybe this year is the year of the Dean in the secondary. You add Jamel and Trey and help bolster things that way.
1: That would be really both cool. of
0: those guys are fit. Um, my question for you: I meant to ask this earlier. So you're yeah. trading for Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Are you? Are, does that mean you're letting Jabril Peppers walk, or are you resigning Peppers?
1: Oh no, no, I don't think Ramsey has anything to do with Peppers. I think Ramsey is a is you know, yeah. are you worried about the the money? Is that what you're worried about?
0: No, it's because Ramsey has played a lot in the middle of the field at points. And he he when they go zone, he 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 plays in a lot of the things that Jabril Peppers did just without the run defense as much.
1: Right. And so that's so – honestly, I'm bringing Peppers back almost as that linebacker spot. I just think – and I think he brings an energy player. to your team that's very, very difficult to replicate. He just plays with such energy and fire. I just, I love the way he plays. And so I'd like to bring him back. Now, if he's going to be a ton of money and, and if you trade for Ramsey and bring in Edmonds, maybe peppers isn't necessarily super important, but then the other part of it is that if you're going to play with four safeties, like they did last year, a decent amount of time, you need them because you need the depth at safety, right? You get a guy like Adrian Phillips hurt. And so, you know, that's, that's the hard thing for me is that I I don't know if it necessarily impacts what I would do with Peppers. You might be right. It's a little bit of redundancy, but I just love the way Peppers plays so much. I'm not overextending to bring him back, but I think I think he'd I come him. back on a fairly team-friendly deal, and I'd love to have him back.
0: I'm fully agreed. I think he, he adds so much energy, and he's, he's the kind of guy that can put you over the top. When the rest of your defense is solid on making plays – he's not going to be like, you don't want him to be the best player on your defense, but if he's the mm-hmm. fifth best guy on the field for you, there's a decent chance. He's going to be significantly better than the fifth best guy for the other team. And you can really make some matchup advantages work in your favor because of it. So I love that. My final thing, this is a multi-part thing in my final thing, It's just six special teams. I think yeah. the fact that it, it doesn't look like they're making a ton of coaching changes there from what we can tell which tells me internally they probably think the players weren't very good. And if that's the case, this is, again, where you're looking at free agency for depth. Yep. Sign guys who you think can play better there. Let McMillan go if you didn't think he was going on special teams. Let Mac Wilson go. I don't think they thought he was very good anywhere. And maybe some of these undrafted free agents who carved out a role, we're going to say bye. We're going to go get veterans who we think can play better special teams. Get Pierre Strong out of there. Get him involved in the offense. We're going to let Damian Harris walk. Pierre Strong go to the offense. We're yeah. going to get other guys who can play special teams. Jamel Dean also plays special teams. Like you should get guys who can do it better and give you more baseline competency. And then they got a whole bunch of day, three picks. We're drafting Jake Moody. Yes, Take sir. Michigan. Yep. And uh, who's that? Is it Turk under from Oklahoma? I believe Michael Turk.
1: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Draft him too. We're right. going to two, two of those
1: specialists. Yeah. Why this not? Team
0: needs it. They've, They've worked with Jake Moody at the Shrine Bowl. Apparently they've already interviewed him at the Combine. I think they like him. I'd be shocked at this point if he isn't the Patriot in the fifth round. That just feels like it's a perfect match. Yeah. And I I don't know how much the helmet or the team matters. They've had Quinn Nordine kind of worked with him for a while, and he was a Michigan kicker, and Jake Moody was the last Michigan kicker. And I wonder if they've gained some insight there that they can apply to this next situation.
1: Certainly, bossy. Jake Moody.
0: Jake Moody has a ridiculous leg, too. Yeah. So you help your oh. special teams right away because every kickoff can be a touchback if you want. Correct.
1: Him. And and unlike and unlike Quinn Nordin, he actually knows where it's going, which is nice. Quinn Nordin well, had a hell kicks. of a leg. Right. Yeah. Right. Nordine had a hell of a leg, but he just he he was like a sprinkler, like he just had no idea what was going on. You know. So yeah. Um, I still get sad every time I think of Quinn Nordin. I was so high on him. Uh, Me too. but I was excited for him. But you know, I think I think all of that makes a ton of sense. I really do. I think you know, there's it's multifaceted. There's a lot of things you got to do. I think, and and one of the other problems for me is that this team won eight games last year, like, and they probably could have won ten or eleven fairly easily. It's and so, was there. like, they were pretty good already, you know. So I, yeah, the title was how to fix the 2023 Patriots, but like. Maybe that's an unfair title, but again, I do for the clicks, baby. Like I'm here for the clicks. Yeah, I okay. Think,
0: I think we've I think we've already done the biggest possible thing we could have done to fix the 2023 Patriots and just upgrading the coaching
1: staff. Correct, and that's really the biggest part of it, right? And someone, yeah. I forget, I forget which one it was, but uh, said, you know, uh, we we opened up the gate and let uh, and let Matty P just you know f- wander that's away, crazy. right? Yeah. And so you know, but I do think like. Upgrading the coaching staff is such a huge thing. It does look like Demarcus Covington is sticking around as well, which is good. Okay. Um, you know, and so we'll see. I think, I don't believe there's any other defensive coordinator positions open still. I know he's interviewed for a ton of them, but I think he's still around, which is good. Mayo is back. Steve Belichick is back. Like, you know, and then you have, of course, you upgraded the offense so much on the coaching staff level. I think Nick Haley, as far as I just think, I think this will be an upgrade over Nick Caley. I just never really saw anything with him. I think yeah. the Patriots didn't either. Um, and it was time for for them to move on. And so you look at that saying, all right, you know, Caley goes away. We get our new tight end coach. We get our new QB slash off- QB coach slash offensive coordinator, who's like an actual quarterbacks coach and an actual offensive coordinator. And then, you, of course, you add an Adrian Clem as well. So I, to me, that's it's huge. And so. That's really what you needed to do. You've done that. And I do think so Belichick's not at the combine. And people are like Belichick, oh, how could Belichick Adam Jones is, oh, good could Belichick not? Be? Um he doesn't need to be there, first of all. And second of all, what has Belichick done in the last few years? He's stepped away. Not stepped away. He still has final say. But he's starting, to, he's starting to delegate. let's 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 delegate this a little bit, right? Delegate's a good word. Let's delegate this a little bit. Let's all right, Mac. what do you get to say? What do you think about then, this?
0: Well, in the whole um, the whole intro to Chad Graff's, what he's hearing about the Patriots was basically an explanation as to why Belichick and a lot of other coaches aren't there because all the interviews they do are recorded. The measurements right. are written down, yep. and they have people who are, like can do all of that. A lot of it's there for networking, and it's probably not like, like remote work is a thing now. And unless right. we're going there to network and bump elbows, which Bill Belichick does not need to do at this point in his career, he can get all the info he needs at home as long as you trust the people to write that that people that are there to ask the right
1: questions right. and everything. So well, and they saw so many people at the Shrine Bowl already. He was there you know, one on there. one coaching did guys you, at the Shrine Bowl, you know?
0: Did you see the little documentary they made the the, the building the twenty twenty three Patriots, this docuseries that they got going? It. At-
1: I saw some of it. it I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Yeah. It
0: was very interesting. Um and I think that the thing that was cool was hearing some of the players talk about being coached by those guys and what it was like to have and some of these guys talking about Bill Belichick giving them pointers oh, cool. and they're like, Hey, it's I'm trying to make, this is a job to them. They're trying to, this is a job interview. They're trying to learn what they can so they can get a job somewhere. And it's, Hey, we're just going to listen to every single thing he says. Of and course. Focus yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, which I, I just love hearing that stuff, but he's getting his hands on guys and the staff's out there doing stuff. And I think I think the key thing to keep in mind this off season is that I think the positions we want them to upgrade the most, especially offensive tackle and wide receiver on offense this year in particular, it's going to be really hard to upgrade those in free agency. Yeah. So I'd rather maintain your flexibility for the future. Cause I think you have enough talent on the roster to know if Mac Jones is good right now or not with their proper coaching. And that means next year, if you know, Mac Jones is good. Hopefully there's a free agent or you can go trade for somebody or receiver and you can upgrade the broom. Or, obviously, Taequann Thornton breaks out and becomes fantastic. That's ideal here. But um, just keep that going forward. So what happens, what happens if next year there's a receiver who who wants out? What if next year Jalen waddle is like, hey, I don't want to be in Miami anymore. I don't like playing second fiddle to Tyreek Hill. Uh, yep. You can go get him or any other receiver like that. I think you want to be in a position where your team is good enough so you can take advantage of anything like that that comes up to help out. And don't lock yourself in with the John, the Jonu Smith and right. Nelson Aguilar contracts where you need these guys to be really good. Otherwise, you're just throwing money yeah. at a problem.
1: When I think ultimately I don't mind paying, I don't mind paying, yeah. but I want to pay for elite level talent. I don't want to pay for pretty good. I want to pay for elite level talent. I'm willing to pay for Jalen Ramsey. I'm not willing to pay $23 million a year for Jacoby Myers. I'm not doing that. Not doing it. I love Jacoby Myers. Love him. him. And I wish him – I sincerely wish him all the best. But if he's getting north of $17, $18 million, it's not going to be here. And it shouldn't be. Right? And so – and I hope he's amazing wherever he goes, like Christian Kirk was this year in Jacksonville. But, you know, I I just – it doesn't make sense to do that if you're the Patriots. And so don't do that. You don't need to. Right. And so you have enough talent here that you can do small upgrades and upgrade these positions. Of course, there are these huge sweeping changes we want to see. I do think Robert Kraft's been involved quite a bit. I do think they are going to make some pretty big changes. I wouldn't be surprised if they made some if they if they made a little bit of a splash, a little bit more of a splash than 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 what we're used to seeing from them. But I don't know if they're going to make a million splashes, but but um, I, I, think they we'll do something one or two,
0: and I think that's just use the money in a smart way. If you're gonna right. spend on a guy, just make sure it's the right guy. That's right. that's all it is. I'm fully in. If you think there's a guy out there at any position worth the twenty five million dollars you want to spend on him, go do it. If he's gonna make your team better, right. just don't throw money at a problem to throw money at a problem and say, hey, we want to make this better. When you're upgrading from a C minus to a C plus, that's not helping anybody. Yeah. So, agreed. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll see how they handle it. Uh, I, I will probably see something somewhat significant. I think along the lines here. I I feel like it's more likely to be a trade than a signing. Yeah, looking at the I market,
1: I agree. And I think Judy. I think Judy. To me, Judy makes the most sense. I also Judy love Judy. So holding out hope, you know.
0: My only concern with Rashad Bateman is if you have a receiving core of Devontae Parker, Rashad Bateman and Taquan Thornton, how many games are they going to spend on injured reserve? Right.
1: (laughs) Well, the only problem with Bateman and, and, you know, and he made a good point about about the Ravens. He was never hurt before he went to Baltimore. Never. Yeah. He was never hurt in college. It's not like he was injured all the time. Like so. That's the one thing where I can, where I can be like, all right, maybe he's right. Maybe there's, there is something going on over there. So, um, yep. and Matthew Judon and, uh, who, Carl Davis both did not have good things to say about the training staff sure. over in Baltimore. Yeah. Either, so and
0: Carl Davis hasn't been there in years Yes, yeah.
1: 2019,
0: maybe, or 2020. So right. early in 2020 before he came to new England. So that's, uh, yeah, that says a lot. That was not great. That, yeah, that survey was. was interesting. on the patriots basically just everybody was kind of like hey we want more space i think that was the overarching theme
1: which is interesting i I found that pretty interesting and so i I think think craft listens to that stuff you think at least you know
0: well at this point in his career too like i think i think crafts all in on the next five years here to make things better so we see them making the upgrades to the stadium and maybe we'll see some stuff along with it for other stuff. It's also, they didn't get horrendous reviews for anything. So I'm glad about that. The worst was like, hey, you're still good, but not as good as the rest of the NFL. Right.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: Did you, go ahead. Go ahead. Did you see what the, the the Cardinals thing with their food situation?
1: Oh, they like made them pay. That's insane.
0: all the the payer the players had to pay for food, and it was rated as the worst food in the NFL. Which what all, and you may you may be sitting there saying, "Hey, these guys make hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars a year. They can accept the money to pay for food, which is fair." The flip side is, if you're this is a company, and your asset is individuals with very good bodies, why would you not take advantage of that and intentionally feed them the best food you can that's going to help their production? Heck, most D1 sporting programs will be paying for at least some of your meals or providing you access to, you know, really high quality protein shakes and catered dinners before or after games yeah. or whatever, like all kinds of stuff. Wow. That happens in college. If you're telling me you can't do that in the pros, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, it's really bad. Really, I mean, inve- this, inve- invest
0: this awesome. in your team.
1: Just well, and you, the they're healthy. professional athletes. You're asking them to stay there all day. You're not giving them a lunch break. You're not saying, hey, no. go out and go get food. No, you're saying, basically, you're saying you have to eat here and we're going to charge you for it. It's insane. It's crazy, you know? So,
0: And you want, like, you want them to have high quality food. Right. Like, why would right. you, like, this is the equivalent of running a, a stock company and then making people buy their own computer and bring it in. Like yeah, no, right. you want you're you're gonna pay for the, the highest the fastest internet connection you can possibly get and the fastest computers you can possibly get so that they have the most real time information. Yeah. The value of an athlete is how good their body is. Why would you not try to maximize that? That's crazy. That's Especially crazy. when there's no there's no salary cap on that. You can spend as much money as you want on that and it's yep. not regulated. So yep. why would you not
1: the bidwells are probably... just are just crazy cheap. That's all. Yeah.
0: And you can maximize that for less than what well, the cost of one of these players. Probably not right. much of cost to feed a team for a year, but that's that's like I one player on the team. I can't, can't
1: imagine it's it. more than a million bucks a year. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So uh, two questions from Dad Skywalker that I just want to just talk about really quick. He asked about could the Pats sign Fournette as a third down running back? I'd be shocked to see Leonard Fournette here. He's not a third left. down guy. He's no. A if he's taking the role of Damian Harris for a lot cheaper than what Damian Harris is going to get paid, then maybe. But I almost feel like I'd rather I'd rather Kevin Harris instead of Leonard Fournette uh, in that role. That doesn't mean I don't want Leonard Fournette necessarily, but it'd have to be at a at a severe discount and you have to be playing a, a pretty specific role.
0: And if you're going to sign a running back, I'd look for a passing back because yeah, I agree. We know Ramondre Stevenson can run downhill. Kevin Harris, I think we've seen, can run downhill. That's what his skill set is. I don't think it would be that expensive to bring Damian Harris back if you want him to, and he's a downhill guy. Pierre Strong, I think, he can be an asset in the passing game, and I have high hopes for him. He yeah. had he had a better receiving year as a first-year guy than James White did. So whatever, whatever that's worth, both his fourth-round right. guys, it's, yeah. we're talking like a 10-yard difference. But um, I think he's probably your passing back next year, he and Ty Montgomery. That's a spot – you could upgrade or at least bring in another body to compete and i think i'd rather spend the money there than go after another big body
1: agreed who's the kid from uh shoot who's the kid in the draft is it sharp tajay no uh, that's a sharp's
0: an old receiver i don't no. know what Shaden sharp just came to mind he's in the nba
1: but. no maybe it's a maybe it's a tajay something or.
0: oh I, it's, are you talking about thinking of the kid from tulane
1: yes that's the one yes yeah. Right. People he's, like rave he's about
0: explosive. him. close. Yeah, I follow. He's gonna go
1: a little too early, I think. Yeah. For what the I
0: follow a journalist for who covers Tulane and the Saints, and okay. she, my feed uh, just constantly is her retweeting videos of, of how good that kid is. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so we'll see. The other question that that had was uh, about Joe Judge being the special teams coordinator next year. Uh, I haven't heard about any changes. Seems like Cam Ake orders the guy. I don't even know if Joe Judge is going to be back with the Patriots. Well, I thought, um, I thought but Joe I
0: Judge traveled to Vegas with them for the Shrine Bowl.
1: He might be. Pretty, uh, pretty sure did he? he did. I didn't think he did. I thought it was him and um, Matty P were the ones that didn't. But you might be right that Joe Judge did. Um,
0: well, I thought that's what was interesting is that he traveled. Um, yeah, did he? Did he, though? And and Patricia didn't. I'm loading an article right now.
1: Yeah. But, oh, ZTAC is saying that he did. So you're right. So I think
0: it's probably judges, coordinator, and ACORD back to assistant. I feel like like that makes the most sense. Is it June or July that we find that out?
1: Yeah, I guess before they, before... they announce later than they do it super late. They're not telling you You don't
0: find else. out until the media guide comes out, and I think they have released theirs, like, whatever date that's due.
1: So. Yeah, of course they do. Um, so, anyway, so there's that. I think it's a good question, and uh, and I am interested to see. It could be Joe Judge. It should be Joe Judge, because Cam Acord clearly can't get the job done, I think. So, and again, yeah. I do think it's the players. I think you're right that it's players, too. But I think the coaching clearly hasn't been up to par, so... And I think it's, uh,
0: it, it's both. I think this team doesn't have a massive amount of assets to improve. Like, I have a lot of cap space, right. and they have draft picks. They're, probably, they're not going to take some massive step forward in the players unless some things really break their way. The best way for this team to improve year over year is internal improvement. Players getting right. better, and the scheme yep. being taught better, and guys finding a role in it. And if you do that, I think you can keep the talent level of the roster the same, fill out your depth and hope whoever it is you draft can make more of an impact than you would expect them to. And that alone can make us a better team than it was last season, at least more consistently. To
1: yeah, hundred percent. And I think, I think one of the biggest goals for this year, and this isn't, it's, you know, this isn't something that you haven't heard before, but one of the biggest goals for this year should be is Mac Jones. The guy, is he the guy, not the guy we like, is he the guy? Because if he isn't, then you probably don't pick up his fifth year option, and you know you have to make that decision after this season. So, like, you know, it's one of those things where like you're gonna, it's gonna have to, it's gonna come to a head at some point, and he's gonna get paid a ton of money, or he's not. But you're gonna have to make that decision, and I'd feel really good about knowing that by the end of this year. And you don't know it right yeah. now. We've talked about that, you know, ad nauseum
0: that you don't know
1: it right now, but you have to be able to know that, and that means building up the coaching staff, which they've done, improving the offensive line, which hopefully they'll do, and improving the weapons around them. And if you do those three things and you don't see marked improvement from Mac Jones, now I feel pretty confident saying, yep, he's not the guy. The haters were right. He isn't the guy. If you yep. see marked well, improvement, then now maybe we're talking. Maybe maybe he's still not the guy that you want. Maybe he still isn't the guy that can take you where you want to go. But, you know, at least there's a chance there, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think, like, the other part of this, I look at the Lions this year as a team. Like, look at those offensive players on paper. Yeah. And then look at the way they produced this year because the coaches put them in good spots. Yep. I don't like I don't know how good Mac Jones is. But I think we all agree that with the right situation, he could be exactly as productive as Jared Goff was yeah. this year. He should be able to do all of that. And I don't I don't think this offense is like that offense can be dominant on the offensive line. He can do some scheme stuff there that I don't think the Patriots are gonna be able to do next year. And they had Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think is probably the best skill player on either team. Patriots have really good running backs. Patriots can make things work. They should have a great coach now. doesn't have to be a top 10 offense either. I think you can just be a per, very productive offense with some of the players you have with coaches putting them in the right spot. And if you're able to keep the defense good, the Lions defense was awful this year. So if you have a defense that can be really good, that can get you into the playoffs. If your team is good and well coached and you know how guys fit, you might be able to know hey, Matt Jones can be productive. And also, we're not paying him all this money. But our team's good, and yeah. now we can afford to use another first-round pick on a quarterback. Because so that's the the other issue here is that if we need another quarterback in two years because Mac Jones isn't the guy, or in a year because Mac Jones isn't the guy, I got to use a first-round pick on him. That's a first-round pick you can't use on tackle or corner or mm-hmm. wide receiver or tight end or safety. So – like the team to find some ways to improve in other spots before you take that next swing. Otherwise it's says uh, this is one of the reasons why drafting the quarterback is so hard because you also are taking away an opportunity to add somebody else in the process.
1: Yep. No, you're totally right. Totally right. So anyways, we've gone on for over an hour here. We do have to do our final, um, our, our last segment, which I don't know if you're prepared for it. Oh, oh, wait, there was one thing I wanted to mention. I wanted to run it by you and see what you thought before, before okay. we finish. It is a it is a, uh, a strictly a prospect question. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see your thoughts. Keely Ringo. Okay, but hear me out. Not playing cornerback taking over for Devin McCourty in deep safety.
0: Interesting. I have I have to I'll have to watch him with that in mind. I don't know enough to have an opinion on it, yeah. but I will watch him and come back on that. There's somebody else. There's another corner in this draft that I had seen mentioned as a possible safety convert. Uh, and I don't remember who it is. Oh
1: shit. You're right. And I can't, I'm not placing it right now, but you're right. I've heard that a few times. I thought the reason why I think this with him is because I just feel as though when you look at him, he's a big physical guy who's fast. But he has trouble staking, sticking in man-to-man at times with with those outside corners. He has trouble with, like, the quick twitch movements at times. So if you put him back at deep safety, you can get a guy, smart player, right? Well-coached from Georgia, like, smart guy. But you can use his speed to your advantage without having to worry about him sticking one-on-one with number one receivers on the outside. And so yeah. – um that was that was kind of where I was at. I, I had forgotten to ask you that earlier, so I wanted to I wanted to see what you thought.
0: Yeah. Did you see? Um, what do you call it? The it like Cam Smith, the South Carolina guy. He was saying about this interview with the Patriots. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. That it was like
1: hard, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it couldn't have been that hard.
0: Well, he He it wasn't even that it was hard. It was that they just he was like they just asked like weirdly personal <laughs> questions, which yeah. I sometimes wonder if like we hear all the strange questions that get asked at the combine. And I had, some of these teams are asking them for the nefarious reasons. I also think some of the times it's just like, Hey, we're going to get the coach in there. This coach has a sense of humor and he wants to see how this guy reacts. Cause he's going to be making these same types of things in a meeting. And he wants to know how this guy is going to respond in that situation. I, yeah. I think that's probably what that is.
1: A hundred percent. That's absolutely what it is. You know, and instead of, yeah. instead of doing what other teams have done and asked like, ridiculously inappropriate questions the Patriots ask him questions about you know deep dive questions about hey on week four on third down and ten you ran this play why'd you do that and he's like what yeah <laughs> so so yeah all right so let's last segment let's go I got two of them in case you in case you didn't come prepared but I, uh, I, I got I got I got one for you all right I like it I all right, here we go. Is something we think you'll really like this week in sports history. And I'm gonna let you go first because my two, while they're not related, are semi-related. I'm gonna relate them a little bit.
0: Okay. I just I went for an easy answer because it's it's about me. Um I get it. three it's three years ago this week. Was um, the end of my college basketball broadcasting career, and specifically, this is March second, and it was I believe March fourth, March third or March fourth, twenty twenty. Yeah, March fourth, twenty twenty. Okay. Uh, and I put I put this clip on Twitter for anybody who wants to see it. I got to broadcast as the uh, the Providence Friars. I was on the student radio network. Beat Xavier in a game that would have basically clinched that they were going to the NCAA tournament had it not been canceled for that year. One of their players hit two huge shots at the end, and I got to be on the call for that. And that's like the only iconic call I got to broadcast in all of awesome. college. It was a, the first game I did play by play for for a full game, too. So uh, shout out Lawan Pipkins, whoever he's at these days, for hitting the. He was a, a UMass transfer. He played at UMass and then transferred really? to Providence. Love it. He, he, he like killed providence one year when providence and umass played and our coach was like now we're getting you <laughs> we're making sure you come that's here and then you do that to us again that's so, good yeah, a little college basketball for you all right pat you're up.
1: i love it i'm a fan so i have two uh and they are both related to the number 100 how about that uh all right. both from today which is march 2nd the first one i'll go in chronological order the first one is from march 2nd 1962 and that is when wilt chamberlain scored a hundred points in a basketball game going 36 for 63, 36 of 63 from the 63. He attempted 63 shots, 36, oh. 63 and 28 of 32 from the free throw line.
0: <laughs> that's incredible. You're also reminding me of something. So I'm looking something up because I might have something to bring up, but continue.
1: Uh, so, so anyway, so that's uh almost attempted North. When you add those two together, 95 shots. Think about that Um, when you combine field goals and free throws. And then the other one, March 2nd, 1969, Phil Esposito, the first NHL player to record 100 points in a season, scored two third-period goals in uh, in the game against the Penguins. Um, So both related to 100. Both happened on the same day, seven years apart. Uh, So I thought that was kind of cool. Let's see. Dark blue gold got one March 3rd, 1950. The national slash American football league reverted back to calling itself the NFL. It emerged Mm -hmm. the all America football conference in December, 1949, adding the 49ers Browns and Colts, but the new name only lasted three months. That's a good one. I like that one. Very nice. Um, Are you getting one more over there, Matt?
0: This isn't, this isn't an on this day. Well, it was almost an on this day in history for today. Uh, another little college basketball thing that happened tonight. Pat, do you know who Pete Maravich is? Does that name ring a bell? Uh,
1: Pistol Pete? Of course I do.
0: Yeah. He holds the NCAA all time scoring record, most points in a career. He averaged like 38 points a game for his career or something ridiculous like that. Um, tonight, Antoine Davis for the small school of Detroit Mercy. Had a chance to break the record. He came into tonight 26 points shy. He scored 23 points. Team lost. I think they're done for the season. He missed a three at the buzzer that would have tied the record. That's incredible, dude. That's
1: heartbreaking.
0: (laughs) It's a 53-year-old record. People thought it was going to break. He scored 38 points in the last game. He needed just 26 tonight. and scored only 23. Man,
1: lockdown defense. Lockdown defense.
0: He was like seven of 26 from the field. So I think he just uh, might have yeah, gotten he his just, head a bit. Yeah, and They problem. might go to. They might play another game. They might get invited to a tournament, and he'll score more than three points so he'll break it there.
1: Probably. And there you go. We, yeah. al-
0: we almost had an on this day in history for March Today? 2nd, 2020.
1: Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, Doctor right. Gold's got another one for us. March third, nineteen eighty-three. Terry Bradshaw had surgery on his throwing arm using the alias Tom Brady. That's insane. That his alias was actually Tom Brady. I don't know if I believe yeah. that, um, but I, we're going to go no, with it. This, this is
0: this is real. No, the I, hospital I, gave I've him the name yeah, Thomas
1: yeah. Brady to keep press and fans away. Tom, Brady. I mean, that's absolutely insane. Like, think about think about the idea of using a name that I could. That would be like. <laughs> That would be like if, you know, John Havlicek went in for surgery and gave the name Michael Jordan. And then, (laughs) you know, and and then it was like Michael Jordan. And it's like, wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? You know, Yeah, Uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah. We're out of here. We're out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. We do have some news. I know we dropped some news uh, on you. Uh, about us moving from Pat's pulpit. It is still going to happen, unfortunately, but it's not going to happen yet. Uh, We're still ironing some things out. They extended our contract another month, so we're here to stay. Um, Again, the feed isn't changing. That's that's an update that I think we didn't give before, but we're giving now. The feed is not changing. If you're listening in podcast form, nothing is going to change. You're not going to see anything different except for... The, 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 the logo is going to be different when you're listening to it. Other than that, everything's gonna be the same. Um, the YouTube channel will be different. So we'll talk about that. We'll get links out there. We'll talk about it. We'll drop it in the chat when we get links. Uh, once we create it and, and figure out, figure all that stuff out, but that won't be till the end of the month. So, uh, but anyways, have a great night everyone. And the Twitch will also be different too. Yes. Yep. So. Um, so we'll have Twitch and, and YouTube being, uh, being different than what it is, but we will make sure that we continue to broadcast on Twitch and on, on YouTube and obviously on Twitter as well. So, um, but that will all come out and we'll get links to all that stuff. So you guys can, uh, subscribe to that as well. Um, so that you won't miss the show. So
0: looking forward, looking forward to another season of
1: this. Yeah. Very excited about it. Very excited about it. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be very, uh, uh draft is just the best season. The best season. <laughs> that's so good. We will be doing our our third annual now uh uh first round first round live draft coverage. So that'll be fun.
0: I'm excited. I've never gotten to be a part of it. I'm excited. Yeah, that's to gonna finally, be great. Uh, oh, it's so much get fun. In on
1: it. It's wild. It's what the bullets are flying. It's great. It's it's so much fun. So oh yeah. But uh to see my, right.
0: you're gonna to get to see our faces for like four it's or five hours. it's gonna be great. Uh, great.
1: what could be better than that? It's so good. Yeah. So but uh all right anyways thanks for listening guys we appreciate it and uh, and we will talk to you we'll talk to you next week